Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, hey, this is Anna Tarullo. Happy to be joining the Jake Brown Show, currently a sideline reporter and sports host with Monumental Sports Network, but here to talk today with my buddy, Jay Money. Welcome to the Jake Brown Show on CBS Radio's Play It Edit Podcast Network. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher as well. We got a lot to get into on the show. Also joining us this week, we had a good interview with Play and Skills, the Grammy Award winning duo, singers, songwriters, producers, mostly producers. They produced the beat to the classic Got Money Lil Wayne on the Carter 3, and they produced and wrote the chorus to Chameleonaire's Ride and Dirty, which an interesting backstory that they give us on how Chameleonaire didn't approve of one aspect. They did it, and it turned into a classic and made Chameleonaire a living, essentially. And uh, we will... They will join us later this week. Also joining us this week is Squints from the classic movie Sandlot. Chauncey Leopardi will join us on the show. So we got Squints. We got playing skills. And later on the show is my buddy who I've never even talked to on their phone and spoke to. But we will speak to her as the Baltimore Brigade season came to an end. Uh, Anna Terulo, You can follow her on Twitter at Terulo Tweets will join us. Later on to talk sports, we won't talk baseball because she does not like baseball whatsoever. So we're not going to talk about it, which is fine. Um, but we'll talk football, we'll talk life, we'll talk earth, wind, and fire as well, who we both saw in concert last week. And you can't get much better than earth, wind, and fire opened up by Chic. Freak out. Um, so she'll join us. So we got a busy week. Anna Tarullo, we got playing skills, and we got squints from Sandlot. But first, on a serious note, this everything that is going on in Charlottesville, Virginia, makes you wonder what the hell is wrong with some people. I don't like to get into things outside really sports entertainment here, but this is such a sad and disheartening thing as an American to think that there's still people who stand up to this. Like, what decade are we living in? What era are we living in? That people are prideful to go out there with their tiki torches, and these Nazis are prideful out there and thinking that they're the badasses, they're the best. When we're all looking at you like you're nothing. Like, what you're standing for is just an embarrassment to this country. And as we're looking at the TV now, these anthem protests and guys sitting, that becomes a story. How could you hate on them even sitting for the anthem at this point? When there's these people protesting, and now they're trying to set up another protest later this month in Boston. And trying to make it even worse than what it is. How could you blame Marshawn Lynch or Michael Bennett for sitting? Listen, I'm all for standing for the anthem, but why are we making it a story? Why should we frame them? If you're African-American you, or whatever you are, you should not stand for what is happening in our country right now with that. And obviously people are going to frame it on Donald Trump. I'm not going to get into the whole politics side of it. That You could judge that how you want. But for the, for the guy who said, oh, all the girls are going to want to have sex with you because you're the bad boys. That was one of the quotes. And everyone's going to want you. You're the bad boys. You're no bad boy. You're a, st- a, a, a F boy. Stupid boy. Like, just, ugh. It's, it's so disheartening that we're in 2017 
and this kind of shit still happens in our country. What like how how do people think it's right? We accept all cultures, all races, everyone. And to see people stand for white power or whatever the hell they're doing. And not only are they dumb to even do that, they do it without their hoods or anything. So the whole public sees them. So you're all over social media. Your face is everywhere. And then one guy I saw came out and said that, oh, I'm not the, the racist white guy that I look like there. Well, you sure look like one. And there ain't nothing you can say that's going to change that. Are you doing that to, like, go viral? Because that's not – when someone's looking for a job and they Google your name and that comes up. If I'm in HR, you're, you're never getting hired at my company. You're never getting hired at any company. We're a country that thrives off the, the various cultures that we have and everyone – being able to do what they want, say what they want, act how they want. And for white supremacists to even be a thing just makes you want to want to punch them square in the face. This is the United States of America. And right now it's not as united as it should be, and it's just a mess. And it's it's depressing, honestly. Like just and then the the crash that went on. I mean, rest in peace. Uh, one of the girl, the girl who died, um, just horrible. Oh, it, it's tough to even think about. And when we're talking about nukes and North Korea, we let's focus on our own country and uniting versus being separate. And I hope not one freaking person shows up to that next rally that they're going to try and do in Boston. Yet they'll, they'll be those fools out there who do. And it is a bad look. This is the Jake Brown Show. I'm played at iTunes, Spotify. Thoughts and prayers with those injured and to the, the, the young woman, I believe she was 32, who passed away um, the other day. And uh, the, the white nationalists, are, they're planning a protest on September 11th in Texas. God, the fact people are still, they're still organizing more of these. It's, ugh, it's bad. All right, let's get into, oh, we'll transition to something somewhat related, and that is sitting for the national anthem. Marshawn Lynch told Jack Del Rio that he always sits. Video has shown he has before, but he hasn't always sit, so he lied on that. He told him this is something he's done for 11 years. Del Rio responded with saying he's very strongly believes in standing for the national anthem, but respects him as a man. And Michael Bennett, of course, also sitting for that national anthem. Can we stop looking at these guys and making it a story? I said before, can you blame them for sitting? Of course you should stand. But can we stop framing these guys and turning it into a story and giving it the light of day and the attention? I understand it's slow news, fake news, slow news. I mean, there's a lot of... You are fake news. And that's what that is. But guys, 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 guys. Hello? It's, in some ways, you look at this, some of these guys are... Some do it purposely to get attention. Some, that's that's what they believe in. Are we going to really make it the biggest story when there's things going on in Charlottesville that makes you, that makes you puke and we're still going to make a story of guys sitting for the national anthem every day it's a new that's their right that's their prerogative that's my prerogative um you, you just let it slide it's not a story and with one thing i know it was with Kaepernick last year this is Marshawn Lynch this guy does whatever the hell he wants. He was on NFL Network a couple of weeks ago, hitting on the reporter, cursing on air. This is Marshawn Lynch. This is a guy from Oakland. Likes to get high, likes to have a good time. Likes to do whatever the hell he wants. 
And we're going to say, oh, look, Marshawn's sad. I mean, he's done it before. Marshawn does Marshawn. It could be related to the recent events of what's going on in our country, but it could also be Marshawn just not wanting to stand and Marshawn being lazy. That's just Marshawn being Marshawn. So let's focus on more important issues at hand. Because I'm getting sick of the national anthem sitting, standing thing, honestly. This is the Jake Brown Show. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio and follow our show at Jake Brown Show. An issue in the NFL is the inconsistency of NFL and their suspension of domestic violence policies. This time around, Ezekiel Elliott gets hit with a six-game suspension. You are fake news. And I'm saying you are fake news to Jerry Jones and the Cowboys fan base. What is wrong with you people? Do we have all of the evidence around this case? Did the NFL have everything? Not necessarily. But Jerry Jones still wants to defend this guy playing every game and not being suspended. Three separate altercations were noticed in the same week of July 2016. And Jerry Jones is saying all this stuff about why he shouldn't be suspended. And now domestic violence is an issue with him. You need to take a stand. You look like a freaking knucklehead going out there and defending this guy continuously. I don't care if he's on your team. You say, we accept the suspension, and we hope he learns from this, and we'll move on and see him in week seven. Honestly, he he needs to give this woman who was involved an apology. Basically keep saying they got nothing on him. My running back's going to be here. There's nothing. Stop sweeping it under the rug. He's already had all sorts of issues. He pulled the girl's shirt down, let her tits free. And they basically concluded that there's substantial and pervasive evidence supporting a finding that Elliot engaged in physical violence against Ms. Thompson on multiple occasions during the week of July 16, 2016. Yet fans are going to say, oh, I had you and I picked you in fantasy in the second round, the first round. He's probably a first round pick after the year he had last year. And people are going to worry more about their fantasy teams than a woman who was struck on apparently multiple occasions. Because people think the evidence is not there. Life isn't fantasy. This is reality, folks. Domestic violence isn't fantasy. Ezekiel Elliott acting like a child isn't fantasy. It's all real. There's many things in life that are fake, that are fantasies. Your fantasy football team, Nicki Minaj's ass, Kylie Jenner's boobs. But we're talking about real life shit here. And people's priorities need to get checked. People need to start checking themselves at the door. And Jerry Jones is one of those fools. A guy who's known for bringing in troublemakers, who who would take Johnny Manziel probably to be a backup at this point. A guy who doesn't care about the off-the-field behavior as long as it gets him attention and checks and brings 100,000 people to the Cowboys stadium. But how about we focus on the reality of life for once and not, his, not the fantasy football team and not the stats that Ezekiel will put up because this guy needs to check himself at the door for the next six weeks and realize what he's done, and grow up. Mature a little bit. This isn't Ohio State. 
You're not a Buckeye anymore. Although with the Cowboys and how they run the ship, you would think it is. The fact that they got fined for having too many guys who were in trouble. Jerry Jones continuing to say domestic violence wasn't an issue with him. The same Jerry Jones that brought in Greg Hardy last year who had domestic violence troubles. And I guess we had to throw the word alleged in some in front of these because that's just how it works. But how an NFL owner who runs the damn team will continue to defend the troubles of his employees, of his players, is a disgrace. Especially for a guy who's done it, who has been here for as long as Jerry Jones. And on the other side of the spectrum, the NFL with domestic violence issues, they've been inconsistent. I mean, there's been suspension here, six games... Then Josh Brown only got one game where he should have got more. Oh, but no one cared about that because he wasn't your first-round pick. He wasn't your third pick in your fantasy draft, was he? Josh Brown was probably on the waiver wire, and you said, I could get another kicker. Stop living in fantasy land. This is the Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's Play Out It Podcast Network, iTunes and Spotify. Um, Anna Tarullo coming up, the Baltimore Brigade reporter, arena football. And a buddy of mine that I, I don't know, I think we just talked over Twitter and a good person and a funky person. She has a different kind of style than the normal people. I mean, she's from Kentucky, went to Georgia. Um, so she is and she used the word jazzy which i don't think anyone here uses so once you say jazzy it's like all right let's let's see let's see what you got here so she'll come up in the second half of the show in just a little bit squints from sandlot this week and playing skills the grammy award winning songwriters and producers will join us as well marshawn lynch sitting not really a story ezekiel elliott let's stop living in fantasy land let him sit let him grow up let's see if he learns something from this in other nfl news this the la Chargers. i almost said what what uh coach lynn said almost said san diego san diego chargers there's two sides of the spectrum on this story the Chargers will be playing in the StubHub Center, which is the home of the MLS LA Galaxy, only holding 27,000 people, which is scary when you think about it. When you think about an NFL team trying to squeeze in 27,000, when you have Cowboys Stadium holding 100,000, when you have MetLife Stadium holding 82,000, I mean, the smallest NFL stadium, when you think about it, holds over 50. And this is half of that. Now, do we make a big deal of the fact that in their debut last night, they failed to outdraw the Galaxy, who had 25,667 on Saturday. Sunday, the Chargers have their debut in a new city, in a different stadium, and only had 21,054 fans. There's a couple of ways to look at this. One is... It's preseason. Who cares? I really don't care. I haven't been watching much preseason. I don't care that Josh McCown threw a touch deep touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson because that might be the only one we ever see for that deep. I don't care about any of that. It's preseason. It doesn't matter. It does matter for a guy like my guy, my friend KJ Brent, who is trying to make the Raiders team, and I hope he does. It matters for those guys, especially when the roster cuts are down to September second now, and not this after second week of preseason, third week they go from ninety to fifty three in September, which is going to make it crazy for those guys. And you feel for those guys who at the last second have no idea what their job situation is until essentially Labor Day. But it worries you a little bit that the Chargers cannot sell out a stadium in a new city in their return to LA. That does worry you. It would be scary in a regular season game they don't sell out. I think they will every game. 
here's the issue. Is this are they going to make this work here for a couple of years? I just don't think you you should or could have an NFL team play in such such a small stadium. 27,000 people is not a ton, especially in Los Angeles. Now remember, LA is the biggest bandwagon city in America. If they're good, people show up. If they're bad, they won't. Charger probably won't be that good. But they have Joey Bosa. They have Ingram. They have that that pass rush. They have Melvin Gordon. They have Phil Rivers who can still throw the ball, who has targets this year. They have an interesting team. Probably not a playoff team. But Phillip Rivers will lead them always to, I mean, for the most part, close to 500, which could put them in the wild card discussion. But they'll be doing it in front of less than 30,000 people. If they make the playoffs and they have a home game, they'll add a couple thousand standing room to get it to 30,000. But I don't think this is going to like. I just don't understand this. It's it's too small. And I, don't, I think it's a poor job done by the Chargers, even if they do sell these out. I just think it's way too small for an NFL stadium to play. It's kind of embarrassing, honestly. It's kind of embarrassing that an NFL team, a pretty historic team in the Chargers, is playing in front of under 30,000. I mean, City Field, the Mets, I think, average more than the capacity of this stadium. And this is a... <laughs> This is a fourth-place, third-place baseball team. Sure, it's in New York. But we're talking about baseball teams who average more than the capacity of a football stadium when we're talking about 81 games for baseball and just eight for football. How is this going to work out? I just don't see it. And a soccer team in the MLS is getting more fannies in the seats so far. Then a football team. There'll be another preseason game. And I surely expect the regular season and them to be at capacity for all the regular season games, no matter what the record is, because you're seeing an NFL team in a new in a new spot where they used to play. And it's not far from San Diego where people will travel. But I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be a smart decision. And I guess this is like a trial run, but... I think they said the stadium might and that might not be ready until 2020. It's going to be a couple of years of this. I don't I I don't as from a business perspective, I don't like it one bit. That should be a guaranteed sellout all regular season. And if it's not, the Chargers are in deep tutu in LA trying to fill a brand new multi-billion dollar stadium there. I mean, they really are going to be in trouble if they can't sell out 27,000. And I think they will. Also, sticking around in the NFL, Robert Aguayo and Connor Barth are not going to be buddies. Because for the second straight off season, there is a chance that Robert Aguayo could steal Connor Barth's job. Aguayo signed with the Bears. He'll compete with Connor Barth for that starting job. Fun fact, Robert Aguirre, the second-round pick out of Florida State last year, took the job from Connor Barth in Tampa Bay. He was not making kicks to the Bucks. He said, you know what? If you're not making kicks, you can't stay. When you're a second-round pick, when you're using a second-round pick on a freaking kicker and you're not making kicks, good night. Hasta la vista, baby. And Connor Barth, man. If I'm Connor Barth, I'm considering maybe putting something in Aguayo's food before games or something. <laughs> Barth's thinking to himself, is this freaking guy going to steal my job two years in a row? This is kickers. Like, if you lose your job, it's not like they're everywhere because everyone has a kicker. I mean, it's not it's not a secure job. So if he loses it again, I mean, ooh, I want to see them duke it out. You might have an IK in Kampali Geno Smith situation. If Aguayo comes into Chi-Town, the Windy City, and starts stealing. But first, Aguayo's got to start making kicks. Because he's been not, he wasn't good in his rookie year. And so far, he missed two kicks in the preseason opener for the Bucks. So you, you have to understand why the Bucks said goodnight to him.
This is the Jake Brown Show playing on iTunes, Spotify, talking NFL. We talked about Ezekiel Elliott. We talked about Marshawn Lynch. Talked about the Chargers and failing to sell out a 27,000-seat stadium. Switching over to the baseball diamond, Bryce Harper. My goodness. How this guy didn't tear his ACL is unreal. That injury looked season-ending if I've ever seen one. He flipped over, and, I mean, that that was funky. You want to hear talk about jazzy. Bryce Harper, that was jazzy. No ligament damage, a significant bone bruise, and man, do the Nationals catch a break. So it looks like Harper will be back for the playoffs, and if he's not, the Nationals are done because they're already going to have to get by the Cubs and the Dodgers, which is already a ridiculously tall task. And if Bryce Harper is not there, they will probably not get past the Cubs in the first round. It's likely going to be Dodgers versus the winner of D-backs, Rockies, and it's going to be Cubs-Nationals, which should be a terrific series if Bryce Harper plays. No matter what the Nationals pitching looks like, you need his bat in the middle of that lineup to have a shot to get to the fall classic. And how about Scott Boris doing the most Scott Boris thing, Bryce Harper's agent, asked MLB to ensure player safety by keeping the bases dry. Do you want us to serve Bryce some caviar on a shrimp platter, on a silver platter while we're at it? Like, do you want car service from the dugout to the field while you're at it? Listen, I'm all for making it more safe for players. And guess what? It was raining. I'm sure it was slippery. But should we wheelchair him to first base too? This is, It's such a Scott Boris statement. The fact that Boris says it, I'm, that's why I wanted to comment on it. Yeah, these guys, I mean, bad and bougie 2017. That's, I mean, Pat, come on, man. I, I see actually, his point. I actually heard an really? argument this morning that similarity they said in the NBA when there's sweat on the floor on the court, the guys come out with the mops. So why couldn't baseball do something like that? And do you want them to come rains? out every half inning and uh, dry it off of the no, towel? No, I, rain's rain. It's going to hit. I never it ain't thought, raining in an NBA arena. I never thought of that, but when I heard it this morning, I was like, oh. Man. You are fake news. <laughs> fake news. Yeah. I and mean, then, And then I heard a pro- someone say that the base, because it's – Above ground because it's elevated, it could cause when you step on it because your body's running at an easy level and then you have to go up, even though it's what I so. Does he want us to change the game of baseball too? Does he want us to play seven innings like in the little leagues? Big daddy hacks. I don't know if you saw that video. Um, will they do you think they changed the base overall and they just put it underground so it's like so it's like home plate and it's just level? With the, That's basically what some this person was saying. That is an interesting concept, though, because we do see guys trip over bases and get hurt. But then how the would first that, baseman go, where's he going to put his? Yeah, it's just not going to work not. out. Yeah, that would not work. Sorry, Scott Boers. Yeah. We, can't, we, can't, we can't cater your clients. God sakes. Scott freaking Boris. Guy's got more money than any agent on the freaking planet. Like Jerry Maguire. In other baseball news... The Mets traded Neil Walker to the Brewers as their fire sale continues as they try to get rid of these pieces and turn them into other teams' rentals. Apparently they pl- paid some of his contract, which makes you think, um, what? For a player to be named, you're playing some of you're paying some of his contract and you wouldn't do that to get better prospects for the Yankees. Makes you scratch your head at the Wilpons and Sandy Alderson. And Sandy Alderson and Terry Collin will be up at the end of the year. And let's just hope and pray that at least Terry's gone. Sandy, I, I could live with him staying. I don't really care either way. Because at the end, the Wilpons have him like he's like he's freaking Pinocchio on a, a puppet. But let's just pray Terry Collins is gone. The Mets will get a player to be named. And now the Mets lose dad. They lose their father. Remember, Neil Walker, especially on Mets Twitter, a lot of girls, a lot of people called him dad. They called him daddy. He was dad. Daddy Walker. So we lose Bruce and we lose Neil Walker. And uh, we'll... Curtis Granderson. 
Granderson. Robbie Ruby Roo. Will Curtis Granderson be the next man out? That is the question. We'll see. All right, I want to do, before we bring on Anna Tarullo, a couple of MLB nuggets. I want to do, first off, I want to do my feel good, my I feel good story of the week. This is why I'm hot. <laughs> I messed it up. God, freaking soundboard. God damn it. I forgot the numbers. I feel good. <laughs> My I feel good story of the week. Chad Bettis is starting for the Rockies today after battling testicular cancer. What a story. Last fall, Chad Bettis had cancer surgery. In the spring, he had chemo. Now, he's back in the majors. The Rockies 28-year-old right-hander comes back and just great, man. I mean, he's fresh off a 14-win season. Uh, they found a lump in his testicle last year, uh, he had testicular cancer, and now he's pitching in a pennant race for a team fighting for one of those wild card spots. And it's definitely a feel-good story. You love when guys do are able to come back with from cancer. I mean, look at John Lester. And cancer takes so many lives. And when a guy could come back to his field and come back to a field that's physically demanding, especially as a pitcher, when you're throwing 100, 120 pitches, at 95 miles an hour, uh, it's really amazing. And it's you really have to, as a pitcher, you use your full body, every part of your body, to be successful. And coming back from that is just tremendous. Let's see if I could get this one right for our for our guy who this week, you know, I mean, this is why he's hot. This is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. Giancarlo Stan, man has tied the Marlins record with 42 home runs. He ties Gary Sheffield at 42. Uh, he had 42 in 1996. And the other five in the top five in Marlins history are Stanton, 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 tall Stanton. And Stanton leads every other time. And guess what? You know why? You know why? This is why I'm hot. He's got nine homers in his last ten games. This is why I'm hot. He's got a home run in four straight games. He's got 21, essentially, since the All-Star break. This is why I'm hot. Pretty damn hot. Giancarlo Stan. How many is he going to end up with? 50? 60? He might, he might get to 50. He might just do it. This is a Jake Brown show. Play it on iTunes, Spotify. Also, if you didn't hear, Ronaldo suspended five games... For pushing a ref. And this is how you know you're Ronaldo. This is how you know you're a B.O. double dollar sign. When you go out there, you come in as a sub, you score a goal, and then you just take your shirt off. And then it looked like he could have got a penalty kick. Looked like he was hitting the box and he should have got a kick. He didn't. He got mad at the ref and pushed him. And he got suspended. Definitely worthy of suspension. I don't think he cares. He's got so much money. He'll probably be banging chicks during these five-game suspension and partying. But, I mean, he just comes and scores and just gets naked, and the girls go crazy. But no place to be pushing a ref. Uh, any physical contact with a ref never ends well. Coming up next on the show, again, we'll talk with Squints this week. We'll talk with playing skills. Uh, we're going to talk some arena football, some reporting some earth, wind, and fire, and all that jazz with my buddy Anna Tarullo out of D.C. You follow her on Twitter, at Tarullo Tweets. Uh, that's coming up. Anything else? Anything else I forgot? Pat, Let's. any other nuggets you can think of in the sports world and the entertainment world? Nope. Can't think of anything. I think you covered everything. Uh, Rick Flair hospitalized with uh, oh, in yeah. serious intense. He's in intensive care. The former Played Out It podcaster. So thoughts with him. Uh, he's in the hospital with tough medical in, uh, issues. So we'll send our prayers to Ric Flair, the former Played Audit colleague of ours, as well. Um, NBA re- released some of their schedule. The Knicks will be in the opening week, of course, because it's New York. They'll play the Thunder 
Uh, some good games of the opening week. Lonzo called out 2K over an image of Brandon Ingram. you got to love the unity with teammates there and uh, and just defending him. A little ridiculous, but, I mean, it got a ton of retweets. got like 50,000 retweets. Um, Ice Cube beat LeVar Ball in a four-point contest in the big three in L.A. LeVar Ball is just a terrible athlete. He was never a successful athlete, and that's why he's trying to do big baller brand because he sucks at basketball and he sucks at sports in general. He tried to play football and he sucked at that too. So LeVar Ball doing all he can to be good at something because he's a failed athlete. Unlike his sons, they're all successful ballers. Coming up next is my buddy Anna Tarulo on the Jake Brown Show. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio and follow the show at the Jake Brown Show. AT coming up next. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And we're back on the Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's Play.it Podcast Network, iTunes, Spotify. As well, follow me at Jake Brown Radio. Follow the show at Jake Brown Show. Glad to be joined by Miss Jazzed Up herself, uh, Anna Maria Terulo at Terulo Tweets on Twitter. She is a sideline reporter, a sports host. Uh, most recently, the Monumental Sports Network, the Baltimore Brigade Arena Football season came to an end, but Anna's life did not come to an end. She's still alive and living and doing well, and she joins us. How you doing, girl? I'm doing great, Big Jake. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And it's glad to uh, meet Anna talk time and time, and I've never actually spoken to her, not even like a Snapchat video or anything. <laughs> Just This is the first time, and I have I heard you. Uh, who's who's your guy on um, on the fan down there? Uh, Chris Russell, my boy. Chris Russell. But who, who's the, the other guy, the, the weekend host to show you were on? I heard Travis you on that. Thomas. What is it? Travis Thomas. Travis Thomas. TT. The Travis Thomas experience. Double T. So I heard you on there. All right. So the Baltimore Brigade season comes to an end. They lose to John Bon Jovi's Philadelphia Soul. Uh, What happened with the brigade here? I mean, I would say we overachieved for, and it was in our inaugural season. It was our first season as a franchise. Uh, but we did great. We made the playoffs. That Philadelphia Soul team is just hard to beat. They're the reigning champs. They were undefeated, but we spoiled that. Very happy about that. Came up short in that game. Played them pretty close. But I'm really proud of our team. It was such a fun season. And, you know, we put our team together late. Uh, you know, newest franchise there is. The Valor was a new franchise, too, with the same owner, both owned by Monumental. But we even got put together about six months after they did and still showed out for a pretty good season to make the playoffs. So it was good. Is it difficult in terms of preparation uh, for arena football since there's not as much online as for some of these players? Is it a lot more of just watching practices and watching games to get a feel of, of the ins and outs and the X's and O's of these guys versus actually researching their stats and stuff like that like you would with the NFL or NBA? Mm-hmm, that's definitely it. And I got very lucky that, you know, I was just covering the brigade. And it's such a small league. There's only about five teams that they play each other so frequently. As the season goes on, you have so much of that archival of knowledge and that history since you all have played so many times throughout the season. You can put in your back pocket some facts to bring up, things like that, as well as doing the games uh, as sideline, being on the bench around everything. I could bring that personal aspect as well as doing the show every week. So I was coming at it from multiple angles that really helped. But it was tough for a while, you know, getting in the studio and getting used to it. If you put me on an NBA show or a college basketball show, I have such, you know, I've followed it for so long, you can kind of come up with these facts off the cuff, and it's not the same for the AFL, but mm-hmm. it is an outstanding league. I could not say I, – I didn't really follow it before I started working in it, and I was extremely impressed by the whole thing, from the branding to the games to the talent – that's there it was i was left very impressed do people show up like do they get good crowds well that's what was so incredible the first game between two new franchises baltimore and um the dc valor the washington valor team i think it was fifteen thousand people came to a game they already had jerseys on they were booing the opposite team so that was at the verizon center i'm not sure we averaged that much there was a lot of excitement around those you know first games but 
um, Royal Farms Arena, where we played in Baltimore, people did come out. It, uh, the crowds weren't quite as big as at the Verizon Center, but they have great deals on tickets. They got a little Bud Light party zone where you can go get a ticket, you know, get free drinks, a buffet for like 60 bucks, and you're on the field. You're in the end zone, can reach over the wall, be on the field, and that's what's so great about the AFL as a brand is it's so fan interactive. I mean, you are right there in the action. The coaches are on the field. The fans are essentially on the field. You can trash talk the players. So if you have not been to an, an, uh, an AFL game, I would 100% recommend going because it'll just blow you, blow you away. Completely different from probably what most people would expect. All the way up. I had to play that one time for you. Uh, That's right, baby. Blow them away. Um, we're joined by Anna Tarullo, follower on Twitter, at Tarullo. Tweets. The season is over. What do you do? You know what's next? I know you have prospects, but what's what's the move for AT? I have a couple things on the table, JB, but I don't know. I'm just basketball is the love of my life. Mm-hmm. Used to be college basketball, and I've become something I never thought I would become. Recently, I've become a bigger NBA fan in college. So that's the love of my life. What I've always wanted to work in. Definitely where my strengths lie. So. I'm trying to, you know, break into the league, work for a team or cover the league in, in any sort of way. So I'm hoping that's what's next. Fingers and, crossed. Yeah, and I, you just have – there's something in you that I know you're going to be a star because, I don't know, you have the different – obviously the accent, but the personality and uh, your style is unique where uh, I do think you're going to do well. And we're, we're both going to be stars. You. Uh, you know it. Yeah, we got to be. That's the only way we know. Um, on the horizon. So uh, does that mean you're in D.C. now? I know you miss New York, and I've snapped you the Fox building where you uh, mm-hmm. used to work a couple blocks away, and you miss New York Spent pizza. my interning days. Yeah, and you miss all that here. Um, but D.C., you have become mm-hmm. a fan of the world-famous Washington Zards, as you like to call them. Zards, baby. <laughs> I want to make that name viral. <laughs> that name is incredible. We need to get Zards trending. Um, what is what do you feel about the Wizards here? Is obviously it's very much the off season, but the East is wide open, and you have a feeling they could maybe be a top three, top four team with a lot of players. The rest of the East heading west, moving around. Right, it's going to be interesting to see where Kyrie lands, of course, and I can't wait to see how Gordon Hayward acclimates in Boston. I'm really excited for that, probably the most. Seeing that he's back with his college coach Brad Stevens, that's I'm very excited to watch that. But you know, the Wizards are going to organization i can't commend ted enough for like trying to extend this longevity of john wall and now he's got auto quarterback and he's doing something really really special here he's creating that's what he talks about all the time creating a family dc family and working at monumental which is owned by ted as well that's what you feel it's a great atmosphere you want to stick around you want to stay so with the loyalty that's going to be there and just with the outpouring of support from last season and their playoff run and how successful they were in the regular season after starting out slower was incredible. When I first moved here, it was February 2016. I had never been to an NBA game. Miss College basketball lover herself, never been to an NBA game. Hmm. I went to one Wizards game in probably March 2016. And there was no people there, and it was so disheartening. And I was like, this is what the NBA is cracked up to be. So then a year later at that point, March 2017, I'm going to more games again and was just shocked at mm-hmm. the outpouring of support. The city has really rallied around the Wizards, and it's, there's a lot of buzz and excitement around the program that I just cannot wait. I'm so excited. Excitement around the Zards, not the wizard. Wizards. Get it the right. Zards, baby. Um, Go Zards. <laughs> so you were not NBA fan before. You get into the NBA. John Wall, obviously exciting, gets an absurd uh, contract extension here mm-hmm. uh, where he's just making a boatload of money. Uh, do, do you feel the passion? This like is it is it a, from what you've seen a wizard like the Nationals haven't? I mean, I'm not going to bore you with baseball here, but the Nationals <laughs> haven't made the NLCS. Now, Anna, the NLCS is the championship series. So if they win that, they go to the World Series, but they have not made it. And now Bryce Harper, they're hoping comes back Oof. for the playoffs here. That injury, I'm sure you saw, looks scary. Oh yeah, uh, scurry and. <laughs> so is it a Wizards town? Is it a Redskins town? Is it a Nationals town? What is it? That's the thing. It's a politics town, and that's what I had to acclimate hmm. to as well when I moved here. But especially it was not a Wizards town and being not a basketball town. The Zards were Zards. not on the radar, and partly that was because, you know, they hadn't had extreme excess in the recent future when I moved here. But 
basketball was so low down on the radar and that just killed my soul that I would go to these games and I'm like, we're watching John Wall and nobody's here. Nobody cares, but they're starting to, and that's good. That comes with success. But same thing with the caps with the hockey team can't make it out of what the second round of the playoffs. So I think with how close we got with Zards um, against the Celtics, what a fun series. I think that has created so much hype. The the Cavs game during the regular season was so insane here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't get tickets, but I went and watched. There was a bar in the Verizon Center that I went just to be around it because it's the energy and the vibe. But I'm not going to say it's a Zards town yet. Uh, with John Wall staying, it absolutely uh, ups chances. I know Ben's Chili Bowl is a famous establishment here, and people were trying. They had a mural, and they were trying to get John Wall and Bradley Beal on it. So there's some excitement here, but it just pains me. I just want more people to pay attention because it's such a basketball hotbed, especially high school basketball, and there's so much history here. And I covered a little high school basketball. The WCAC, um, Zamatha, Gonzaga, all, Morgan Wooten, Zamatha's coach. They've had, so they had Markel Fultz, number one draft pick. You know, mm-hmm. KD's from the area, Vic Oladipo, Jerry and Grant, all these people coming from this area. And then you go in the Verizon Center, you see Earl the Pearl um, jerseys and banners, the 1978 championship team. There's so much to care about, and there is history and tradition that I think once people start getting interested and learn a little bit a little bit about it definitely has the culture to be a basketball city are you a football girl at all are you a, i mean have you become a redskins fan are you following them uh i follow them a bit uh it's the same thing growing up in kentucky no pro teams i have no allegiances <laughs> so i follow it from afar but i can't say i'm as passionate about it but love the game watch it i worked a super bowl behind the scenes for cbs sports so i like being around it and you've worked with my guy emory hunt right Oh, Emery. I call him Cheddar Bay. Like Cheddar Bay Biscuit. <laughs> That's my boy. He's a great guy. Shout out to Emery mm-hmm. Hunt, football game player. Shout out to Emery. Um, we love you. I my met- mom loves Emery. <laughs> I met him at a FXFL game, that uh, that kind of like minor league football league in Brooklyn, actually. It was a rainy night, oh, um, yeah. a starry night in, in Brooklyn. And uh, I met <laughs> Stars him. Stars aligned. <laughs> and he was a great guy. And I saw you guys are close. I'm like, hey, look at this. Name a more yeah. iconic trio: Jake, Anna, and Emery. I mean, and Emery Hunt. He's sa- hilarious. I did some Georgetown games with him this past fall, and he's so talented. Had an absolute blast doing those. Yeah, he breaks down the X and O so well, and he used to be a running back at Louisiana Lafayette, the mm-hmm. Raging Cajuns. The Raging there. Cajuns, baby. <laughs> that's right. And that's actually where my roommate Greg Larned is moving, Lafayette, Louisiana. So he'll be he'll be covering that. Um, we're joined by Anna Tarullo. Tarullo tweets on Twitter, how is Earth, Wind, and Fire? And I want to take credit for you going to that because you had no idea. And then you're like, oh, I don't know. And then it ends up being tickets are cheap. And then you got tickets. And then you went. Jake, you get 1 million percent credit. In fact, I told somebody about this. You had posted the night before or two nights before that you went to Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I'm commenting on all your photos. I'm like, JB, no way. That's my jam. Disco is my genre. People don't believe me when I say that, but I love it. It's upbeat. It's fun. Mm -hmm. So I was in the Verizon Center shooting our AFL game day show about the Baltimore Brigade. And, of course, you know, all the big bands come play the Verizon Center, and people are setting up. Me and my co-host are walking out, and we're like, who is this? Who's in here? And he Googles it, and it's Earth, Wind, and Fire. And immediately I put the bat signal out on Snapchat, (laughs) on Instagram. I'm like, who's coming with me to this? I don't have a wingman. I've got to see my boys, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, sing a song, Shining Star, all my jams. So somebody, tickets are 34 bucks. Jake Brown, you told me. You answered the bat call, and you were like, 34 buck tickets, just go, see who can go. But my boy Tim, who works at Monumental as well, and he got free tickets to work, so I got to go for free and danced the whole night away. I probably scared everyone around me singing every lyric. Had some in chic open for them, a little bit of good times, a little bit of La Freak. I was on Cloud Nine after that. I'm still on Cloud Nine a little bit. Wow, I feel good. That's right. Um, yeah, no, disco was like the first kind of music I listened to. Like it was like Elvis was one of the first. Uh, dis- I love disco. Like me too. I, low key, my favorite song as a kid. Really low key. Oh, here. I'm trying to think. It was. Um, I can because I would always shake my head like I would I was like my I, my life was like night at the Roxbury like my head would just oh shake God. always um, it was uh, I think a shake your groove thing was like my oh, favorite yeah. song as a kid shake your groove thing baby 
that might have been my like low key like favorite song of my childhood like i always remember listening to that in a 70s disco like cd album with my dad um so i'm glad you went it was a great show chic was great and they covered rapper's delight which was awesome nile rogers well, rapper's dope. delight samples that song that's Good right time. yeah Good you know a little known fact there but uh hip-hop got its birth from disco people need to respect <laughs> You need. You should have been born in the seventies or sixties. I know. Oh, I know. I would dress up as disco people for Halloween. Oh my god, I love it. Donna Summer, are you Donna Summer girl? I was never done. I went more of like the bell bottoms and the mm-hmm. sparkly. Maybe it's more male disco outfit, platform mm-hmm. shoes, a checkered button down. Oh, I was all over it. Saturday Night Fever esque, you know. Yeah, we're gonna have to like hit a dance club or, or like karaoke and do some throwbacks if I'm ever in D.C. or in New York and yes, um, we are shake our groove things for sure. Peaches um, and herb, baby. Peaches and herb. There you go. Uh, Anna Maria Tarullo, the legend herself, the Kentucky product, uh, the Georgia product from Kentucky, I should say. Right. Exactly. So right. UGA. So you're a bulldog, yeah. but you're from mm-hmm. Kentucky. But you love yeah. the Wildcats, so you were in a, a tough debate. Remember, I had JJ Frazier in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that. Yeah, and uh, and he's overseas now, I believe. He is in France. Bonjour, Monsieur. Really Good luck to JJ. Yeah, he's gonna kill it out there. Hopefully, he'll he's be out here. A little undersized, and that was his issue. But I think if he crushes it out there, he'll play in the D League and get a shot here for sure. Get some opportunity. Yeah, and a Tarullo. Tarullo tweets. Good talking, to you girl. Thank you, Jake. Thanks for coming on. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.